Hey everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and if you can believe it, here we are, the last day of 2010. It is December 31st, 2010, and what better way to send off 2010 than to take a look back at the last 12 months here on Soap Central Live. This was, of course, our very first year on the air, and there have been a lot of highs, and there have been a lot of crazy moments. So before you head out to watch the ball drop, let's take one last look back at the year that was. A look at our unforgettable guests, our outrageous moments, and everything else in between. At the end of the show, there's also going to be something special that's never been done before here on Soap Central Live. But there's still a whole lot of show before that, so let's get this show kicked off right now. I don't want to belabor the point, and it may seem redundant to say this, but the name of the show is Soap Central Live. And when you're doing live radio, you never know quite what's going to happen. There is no three-second filter for my mouth. During his visit earlier this year, All My Children's star Walt Willie told me that doing live radio is a lot like doing improv. You never know what's going to happen, you don't know what to expect, but you have to be ready at any moment to handle any crisis. Such was the case back on March 19th when the Bold and the Beautiful's Heather Tom was scheduled to be a guest on the show. By the end of the first segment, Heather Tom still wasn't on the line, and I had no idea if she was ever going to make it through. So what do you do when you have to fill an hour's worth of show and a guest isn't on the line? Well, you keep your fingers crossed and just keep talking. When Heather finally did show up, she had one of the most unusual explanations for why she wasn't able to make it on the show on time. Listen to her explanation. Please welcome my guest this week, Heather Tom. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm so glad that I actually made it on the air. I can't even, like, tell you how. <laughs> Basically, my cell phone decided to give up the ghost right as we were being connected. So Uh-oh. I'm actually currently on some stranger's phone. <laughs> Uh-oh. I hijacked it. I hijacked, basically. I was like, please. I'm pretty, pretty much like holding up a sign saying, begging, like, please give me your cell phone. We'll, we'll act for a cell phone use. <laughs> so that's, well, yeah. <laughs> thank you for going to uh, such extreme measures. I, I, this is what we like to hear. If it's uh, not dramatic on the soap, certainly it's dramatic in, in real life. Oh, it's far more dra- dramatic in real life. <laughs> Moving along before you have to go and try to steal someone's car or whatever. No, honestly, else to say. like really, I'm like chick, chick, chick. <laughs> if you're a regular listener of Subcentral Live, you'll know that over the past 12 months, I've let it be known that I'm not really a big fan of surprises. So this next segment may make me somewhat of a hypocrite, but these are some of my favorite moments from the past 51 weeks, and they just so happen to be surprises. How well do you really know someone? You would think if you work with them day in and day out, week after week, for hours and hours each day, you'd easily be able to pick them out of a crowd. Well, back on April 23rd, All My Children's Chriselle Staus was my guest, and she received a surprise phone call from someone claiming to be a fan. Only, the fan was her co-star, Ricky Paul Golden. How long did it take Chriselle to figure out who it was? Well, a little longer than you might think, but it's only because she thought it was another one of her co-stars. <laughs> Take a listen to this. 
his biggest fan. I absolutely love Ricky Paul Golden. I love working with him. He's amazing. And I feel spoiled because I've gotten to work with him for so long. And in soaps normally, you know, it's you work with someone, then you're working with someone else. And, and now since I've worked with him for so long, I'd be devastated to, to you know, ever have us have to break up because we're like best friends. Certainly. I mean, I don't know that anyone thought that uh, Amanda and Jake would hook up. But we have a, a caller on the line, I guess, who has their opinions of, of Jake and Amanda. So let's bring uh, the caller online. Caller, are you there? Uh, I'm, I am here, yeah. So I understand you have some thoughts about uh, the couple of Jake and Amanda. Yes, well, I, um, I, first of all, I'm a really big fan of, um, of Chris Schell's Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And I like to watch I like to watch you on television and I am a big fan of yours. I don't know about Ricky, but This is Ricky. <laughs> You're what do you, my what do you mean? Like, oh my god, this sounds like a weird like a version of Aiden and then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know which way to go with uh, with the voice. I realized I can't make fun of Aiden. We love Aiden. <laughs> I know, but I, I, for a second I was like, wait a second, there's something similar. I found you out. You can't trick me. Hi, honey. How are you? Hi. I'm good. And even I have not been immune to a surprise caller or two. When you do a live radio show, you never know who's listening or who might call in. On November 12th, we were celebrating everything that's good in daytime because Soap Central Live had just become the number one program on the entire Voice America network. When who should call in to join in on the celebration? Emmy-nominated former One Life to Live star, Kathy Breyer. Take a listen to this. Now, I've been told by the engineer of the show that we actually have someone waiting on the line. Uh, It's Kathy from New York. So, Kathy, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi, Dan. I wanted to call in and say congratulations about being the number one show on Voice America Talk Radio. Is this Kathy Breyer? It is Kathy Breyer. How are you, Kathy? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for calling in. Oh, you're welcome. I just I saw that news, and I just wanted to call in and say hello to everybody and say congrats to you. Well, of course, for uh, folks out there who may not watch One Life to Live, and there's really no reason why you shouldn't, Kathy, of course, played Marcy on One Life to Live for quite a bit of years. Yes, many years. (laughs) For a lot of my youth. (laughs) Please. For seven years, seven years. You know, yeah. it's it's not just me, and I, I want to thank you so much for, for calling in and being part of the celebration and for the oh, congratulations. Absolutely. But, you know, I need to send some of those your way, too. Uh, let's see, a new bride. You've got a guest gig on uh, Boardwalk Empire, which I, I, is this weekend, I'm guessing. Yes, you're, very, you're right on the money there. Yes, so, absolutely. I am a new bride, and I... So let's talk about that first. Yeah. That's the soapy goodness. So let's, let's talk. Let's dish. <laughs> Yeah, well, I got married about a month ago, a little a month and a half ago, and um, it was really an amazing, amazing experience. I never thought I'd get married, but I, you know, met a guy and fell in love, and, and that changed my whole idea about getting married. <laughs> so uh, we, we had a great ceremony and a very small wedding in New York, and uh, then we honeymooned in Greece, and uh, so we had a really, really great time. It was such, it was so much fun to have friends and family there, and Kathy DePaiva, who plays Blair, was there, and uh, Farah, 
um, was there, and there were so many. There were uh, not a lot. Eileen Kristen, who plays Roxy, was there, and JP Lavoisier mm-hmm. was there, and so there were a few people. Um, David Fumero and Melissa uh, Fumero, they were there as well. So we had, I had a, you know, a small band of One Life to Live livers, lifers there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how you say it, um, but not a lot. It was a small wedding. You know, I've learned from hosting Soap Central Live that every actor approaches their role in a different way. Some actors pull on personal experiences to help them to convey their emotions on screen, and others are just very much in the moment and sort of go with the flow. So when General Hospital supercouple Dominic Zampronia and Julie Marie Berman visited Soap Central Live back on April 30th, I wanted to get some insight into some scenes in which their alter egos, Dante and Lulu, were trapped in a cellar that was filling up with water. I'm not quite saying it was TMI, but let's just say I wasn't expecting Julie's response when I asked her what was going through her mind during the taping of those scenes. Check this one out. They really kind of took their time with us and and let fans kind of invest in it, and then we started investing in it. And you know, I mean, we got we our characters went through a ton of stuff together, you know, before what's going to be coming up. And we will we'll definitely talk about a little bit about that in the next segment because I know so many fans uh, probably have their crayons out and have circled May fifth on their calendars. Yes, we we cook more eggs on May fifth. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I told my dad to not watch May fifth <laughs> if that's any indication of how it will be. Anyway, that was the next segment he said. Oh. No, no, don't worry. Uh, we hop around all over the place here. But okay. you mentioned the, the scenes in which the basement was flooded and, and Lulu was near death. And actually, there's a fan question that came in about that. It's more from a technical nature. I don't have a name for the person, but they want to know how long did it take to film those flooded basement scenes? And was the water really cold or were you just acting that it was cold? The water wasn't that cold. It took hours probably like six hours to shoot all those scenes and it was a lot of talking and a lot of dialogue and uh and uh obviously you're wearing all your clothes and on top of that i think julie had to pee the whole time i did <laughs> i i got in and already realized i had to go to the bathroom and i refused to <laughs> to get out and the the running water behind me was just a killer and so it just added to the drama Somehow I have a feeling that soap fans will never be able to look at their favorite soap again. Every time there's a dramatic moment on the soaps, they're going to have to sit and wonder, huh, I wonder what's going through that actor or actress's mind right now. In an interview with Two Scoops columnist Allison J. Waldman for our year-end Two Scoops review of 2010, which aired just last week, December 24th, she and I were trying to discuss certain physical characteristics that men have and characteristics that women have and do it in a way that it didn't sound dirty. Well, I think by not saying what we wanted to say, it made it even dirtier. So listen to this as we discuss The Bold and the Beautiful, where B&B apparently stands for the birds and the bees. Something that took place on The Bold and the Beautiful in 2010 that seemingly caught everyone with their jaws on the floor, and it was Brooke and Oliver's sex romp at the masquerade ball. Now, people were yeah. people were surprised by it and thought, wow, how did that happen? Didn't see it coming. But that doesn't mean that you liked it. 
No, I actually thought thought it was pretty bad. I mean, it's just sort of, again, it's one of those insulting the intelligence of the viewer. I mean, to believe that Brooke, who's been making love to Ridge for over 20 years on that show, could not tell the difference between Ridge's body and the body of a 20-year-old guy who was dating her daughter is ridiculous. I mean, anybody who's ever been intimate with another person knows people don't feel the same. They, they don't do the same things. There are things you can tell that are different. Even though Oliver never kissed her because they were wearing those ridiculous masks, uh, body parts feel differently. And, uh, and also, I mean, you're talking about how stupid it is that Brooke didn't catch on that it wasn't Ridge. It was also pretty dumb of Oliver to not realize that, my God, Hope would never want her first time to be against the wall at a graduation party with the, you know, Yankee Daddy music playing in the background. I think that we just found a way to raise our ratings. It's going to be Sex Talk with Dan and Allison. (laughs) I mean, seriously, come on. I'm not sure how to segue out of that segment except to say that Soap Central Live is an all-purpose show. Apparently, in addition to getting your soap news and recaps and interviews, you can also get sex advice and sex tips. But did you also know that you can get cooking information? On October 22nd, there was a fan call-in show, and during the course of the show, I shared a stranger-than-soap news story that I found, and it had to do with cooking in your dishwasher. Take a listen to this clip. Linda, I don't know if you're aware, I've started a Stranger Than Soaps segment. It's where I find something that's happening in the real world that is far more bizarre than anything I've ever seen on the soaps. And uh, you're you're not covering my real life, are you? Please. please. <laughs> no, but now here we go. I think soap fans often wonder when their favorite characters find time to do the simple things in life, like cooking dinner or doing the laundry. Well, I think I may have found the answer to that question, Linda. Ooh. In this week's Stranger Than Soaps. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm, I'm trying to stay on budget, so there's no special sound effects. It's just me wiggling my finger in front of my mouth. But anyway, I came across a story while I was at lunch today and reading the paper, and it's, just, it's one of the oddest things I have ever heard of in my life. According to the Internet and a newly published book, you can use your dishwasher to not only clean your dishes but also to wash your underwear and even cook a meal. There's a new book out called The Surreal Gourmet, Real Food by Pretend Chefs by a guy named Bob Bloomer. And in this book, Bloomer gives recipes for cooking a meal of salmon, potatoes, and asparagus inside your dishwasher. Now, Linda, I'll admit to being a little weird, but even I haven't tried this out. So fortunately, the reporter who wrote this article about the book did And she reports that the good news is that her dishwasher didn't smell like fish after she was done. But the bad news is apparently the salmon didn't turn out to be so great. Uh, The asparagus, she says, was steamed perfectly, and she would actually consider cooking her asparagus in the dishwasher again. I have no idea why. But now, as for your underwear, apparently a little bit of dishwasher detergent will have your drawers clean enough to eat off of. And that's probably all I should say. Oh, okay, good. That's what I would That's say. all I should probably say about that. So, have well, you... you know, there is a time-saving thing here. You could have everybody, like, eat around the dishwasher like it were a buffet. Naked? No. Okay. Eat, no. Eat around the dishwasher like it was a buffet. 
And when they're done eating, they just step back, you close the door, and you wash the dishes. You never have to take a plate out of the dishwasher. That was syndicated columnist Linda Hirsch as my co-host. I will say that I do not hold a monopoly on the outrageous or crazy things said on Soap Central Live. Sometimes when you watch your favorite soaps and you're engrossed in all the drama, you forget that some of your favorite stars are actually very funny in real life. All My Children's star Walt Willie, who plays Jackson Montgomery, is a stand-up comedian. He does travel around the country performing in various clubs. So it seemed appropriate that he was a guest on the show on April 2nd, of course, the day after April Fool's Day. And we had a normal discussion. We started off talking about All My Children moving from New York to Los Angeles, and then somehow the conversation became very philosophical, discussing why things happen in life. And it was that discussion that unwittingly led to the most outrageous comment made on Soap Central Live in 2010. I really believe, Dan, that everything happens for a reason. Oh, definitely. And I think the reason for me for this was maybe shake me out of my complacency, one. (laughs) And two, remind me why I got in this business in the first place. And I got to tell you, you know, working live like that in front of an audience, producing... Uh, I mean, I literally did the uh, did our programs. I mean, I literally built the ads and paginated the program and did it all in Photoshop. And I mean, I really it was the hardest I'd worked in a lot of years. And you know, the outcome was fabulous. Uh, this year, uh, looks like we're doing our sake of old lace. And uh, I will tell you that I've got a couple of people from the show that I'm talking to about uh, coming in to do it. So hopefully, we can get them. Uh, Signed and in place, and we'll have uh, we'll have another great uh, great July end of July production there. So very exciting stuff there. Um, Good, but I am glad to be back, and I'm certainly glad to be in Los Angeles. You know, I always said Dan that I I didn't really want to go to Los Angeles to look for work, but if work took me there, I'd be happy <laughs> to go ahead and stay in the beautiful 72 degree weather. And, oh, absolutely! Uh, try to figure out career moves from there. I thought maybe that that uh, that, that possibility had kind of come and gone. And, you know, you just never know. You never know. Next thing I know, uh, I'm out here working on the show. Well, as you said, everything happens for a reason. And something you have to find that. The only other thing you can believe is that God is crapping in your open mouth. So, you know, (laughs) given those two choices, since you can't prove either one, better to pick that there's a reason for it. (laughs) Yes, he really did say that. Something tells me we need to get Walt Willie back on Soap Central Live in 2011. In that last segment, of course, you heard me talk about cooking food in the dishwasher. And while I don't necessarily recommend you try it at home, it seems that we spend an inordinate amount of time talking about food here on Soap Central Live. In fact, almost every guest who's come on Soap Central Live in the past 12 months has, in some way, shape, or form, brought up food in the discussion. Maybe it's because talking makes us hungry. I'm not really sure. But here are some of my favorite food clips from the past 12 months. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm joined this week by Denise Bassey and Stephanie Gachet of All My Children. Welcome back. Hey. Yeah. So we were, we were talking about food, uh, and, and normally I'm, I'm never one to, to stop talking about food. I'm actually hungry mm-hmm. as, we, as we talk. So you're, you're a foodie. Yes. Denise. <laughs> food lovers all around here, I think. Yeah, oh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's a typical morning? You're talking about ordering breakfast. What's a, what's a typical all-my-children breakfast? Well, honestly, it was a lot easier when we were in New York. Of course. 
uh, more options. Being in the city, we could order from a whole bunch of places. But me and Debbie would kind of go back and forth about, you know, what was the new dish at whatever place. Did you try this? And you've got to try that. And Oh, I'm not really into it. No, 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 no. Just try it. You know, just kind of <laughs> coaxing each other to try try different things. And that place, their eggs were too salty and just, just fun stuff like that. But, oh, wow. So it's serious. Um, it's serious. Me and Debbie are serious about our food. I, we we were talking the other day about how we used to, you know, we had a lot of more prepared food on in on in New York on set, and apparently that's not as good as it like even used to be like years ago when I when I wasn't there. And Deb, that's my dog, by the way. Um, Blue wants to say hi to everyone. Hey, Blue. Um, but oops. But um, we used to take back stuff. You know, we, we'd love what they, they'd prepare, and we'd end up, like, taking whatever wasn't used on set and ended up taking it home for, like, dinner. So it was, wow. just, it, was pre- it was pretty serious. In L.A., and Stephanie can vouch for this, our first few weeks, um, <laughs> they, would, they would have these um, fruit trays brought to um, this area right by the makeup room, but also these donut trays. <laughs> no, we and didn't after, have food at, the, at, the, at first, remember? The fruit, did, we, didn't, we had to lobby for the fruit. Right, because we were like, they cannot be dropping us donuts every morning. Like, it was nice and sweet. <laughs> like, the first week, it was like, oh, that's so sweet, and everyone's stressed and, 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 and has this anxiety about being in a new place, and, 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 and it was just, you know... Goodies. But four weeks but into when, eating donuts. We were like, um, this can't be good for us. There's no way we're going to be living with donuts for the rest of the year. And, and, and so we definitely lobbied. We're like, we need the coffee stays, but we need some fruit, guys. That was, of course, as mentioned at the top of the segment, All My Children's Denise Vassy and Stephanie Gachet during their appearance on Soap Central Live on May 28th. It must be something about All My Children in Food because during his appearance on Soap Central Live way back on January 29th, former AMC star Aiden Turner, who of course played Aiden, talked about his other secret life as a cook. And by the end of that show, I think everybody was running out to find something to eat because he definitely made us hungry with this. Uh, Something I was reading your biography, you know, trying to figure out how you ended up on All My Children and... It was interesting to learn that you went to culinary school, you were a DJ, of course you were a model, and that's all before uh, landing on TV. So uh, let's talk about culinary school. Uh, do you still like to cook today? I still like to cook today. In fact, I'm cooking for, um, for Donnell Williams. He plays uh, Jesse Hubbard on All My Children tonight. Okay. He's, uh, he's, he's just been living around the corner from me um, in temporary accommodation before he moves into his new, uh, new place. Um, you know, um, in Los Angeles, and um, so we're cooking um, a lot of uh, fish, a little bit of uh, like spaghetti bolognese, and we're doing some um, some seasoned steaks and uh, a spinach salad with um, olive oil and lemon. And uh, we've got some, you know, some great people and friends coming over, including uh, Virginia Madison, who's a great actress in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I, I do a dinner party normally every Thursday, but oh, wow. you know, on a Friday tonight because um, it's like a little farewell from from West Hollywood to where he's moving to. So um, I, love, I, mean, I love to cook and, um, you know, whether it be like opening up a coconut in the morning and scraping all the meat from the inside and using the coconut water and making a healthy smoothie to, 
you know, uh, making fabulous omelettes with goat cheese and spinach and, um, you know, mushrooms to uh, all kinds of things from meat and fish and uh, uh, meals to, you know, great desserts like chocolate fondant and uh, wow. um, mango sorbet with, you know, sprinkled um, powdered sugar and Earlier in the show, I shared with you some of my favorite surprises from the last 12 months on Soap Central Live. But you know, not every surprise has to be something that's funny. There are some that are, well, really rather shocking. One of the most memorable moments in 2010 came almost near the end of the year on November 5th when I was talking to Days of Our Lives star Ariane Zucker, who, of course, got her start as a model. I asked her the seemingly innocent question of, when did you finally believe that you became an actress? Her answer, even to this day, is one of the most shocking responses ever on Soap Central Live. If I'm not mistaken, Days of Our Lives was actually your first professional acting. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I somewhere in there meant to be a veterinarian. I, I'm not really sure how I ended up Really? It. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I had traveled a really long time. No, I shouldn't say a long time, but I modeled for seven years, and I traveled quite a bit. Uh, it definitely was not what I wanted to to do when I grew up. Um, so when I came to my senses and decided to settle down, I still took acting jobs. Well, I should say commercials mm-hmm. um, and modeled locally. And then I got this opportunity to audition for days, and I, I thought, oh, this is amazing because I can pay for school. Wow! And uh, you know, I got a three-year contract when I first started, and I, I it was just. It was the best feeling, and then when I, of course, went to my counselors, they they said, "Look, you know, we can't work around your schedule. Uh, we don't do labs at night, <laughs> you know." And and I, it just ended up becoming a lot harder to try, you know, to pick one. And and of course, still kind of being in the business still, because that's just sort of how I paid the bills. Uh, I ended up taking it, and here I am. You know, as my mother always said, it's never too late to go to school. So who knows? But. Uh, but as of now, um, you know, I'm kind of happy I chose this route. I'm curious, where along in the path did you actually finally consider calling yourself an actor? Uh, not until about, I don't know, I would say about three years ago. Really? Yeah. I, I really felt like I, I took this scene study improv class, as they called it. This teacher, his name's Stephen Book. He's awesome. And I it, it took a two-year program with him, almost two years. And it, he really helped me, and I think the entire class. You, you bond with people in there as, as well, your classmates. And he really helped me and changed sort of my depth of my characters and even myself. And uh, you have to reach down to places that you don't necessarily need to use your past. You know, someone says, I want you to be sad, be sad, you know, and not have to to just be able to do it on the spot. And he really changed my work, I feel like, and uh, I think it's changed my character on the show as well because when I came back, I came back like, okay, I'm going to make everybody lo- love to hate this character instead of hate hating this character. <laughs> um, so I really tried to rebuild her in a different way, and, and I feel like it's worked. Um I feel different, and I really, really enjoy this character so much. Not that I didn't before, but I feel like I have so much more room to play with this character, and I think that's made me a better actor, you know, because I I really enjoy it so much. One of the more serious discussions on Soap Central Live took place on October 15th with the Young and the Restless's Tom Beards. 
Tom was on the show to explain his own personal coming out story and hopefully reach out to some gay teens who might have been listening to let them know that things get better and they don't have to end their lives. It was one of the most memorable discussions we've had, and here's just a snippet of why it was so special. I've been surprised in reading some of the news coverage uh, on some of the news websites on the Internet where they allow people to leave comments afterwards that a lot of people don't understand why the bullying is a big deal in their, ter- in their words. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, hey, bullying has been around since the dawn of time. It's not a big deal, and it's just part of growing up. And I'm curious, how do you respond to that? Well, uh, education is so important, and the kids that are being bullied, they think that there may be something to it, they feel bad, and that's the thing. If those kids could just realize that it's the bully's problem, because when you look at humanity, when you look at the billions of people on this planet, we're good-natured beings. If we like ourselves, if we like our life, we're happy human beings, and, and we don't instigate violence. Now, if we're unhappy, if we're feeling powerless, some people pick on other people. And if the gay teenagers and everybody that's being bullied could realize that there's nothing wrong with you, you know, these kids, they've got an issue. These kids are dealing with with their own feelings of inadequacy, and they're taking it out on who they can. So, you know, I want the kids to realize uh, that there's no validity to it at all. And I think in today's age, there is so much communication, and they're able to reach out. You know, we need to discuss this. Uh, yeah, you, you, you see what I'm saying there, Dan? I do. And there's, there was something that you wrote in Forgiving Troy that stuck with me when I read it. And to me, reading the Internet and, and searching is sort of something that people are still saying even today. And it was, the truth was, I secretly doubted I even belonged in society as homosexuals were considered jokes, deviants, or invisible. Yeah, man, that still hurts today because, yeah, there are gays on TV, but for the most part, you know, a lot of gays are jokes on TV still. I I was uh, with uh, a friend, when was it, yesterday? And he was talking about, we were talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a a lawyer uh, in a big city, and he was saying that, you know, even people in his office... That, you know, they, it's okay that they will make fag jokes, but, you know, no, they're not going to make uh, black jokes, or they're not going to make uh, Jewish jokes, or they're not going to make fun of, of any other minority, but it's still okay for adults to think that they can demean gay people and use the fag word and stuff. And, that you know, that, that's pretty sad. That, that, that's pretty sad, and I hope to be a, a part of that change. You know, that's one reason that I wanted to come out and play Gay Philip on The Young and the Restless is because uh, The Young and the Restless reaches uh, so many countries and, and millions of viewers, and, you know, it's, it's an interesting way to present a character that is a normal character in, in a pretty normal city. It's fictional, but one of the, the reasons that it was explained that uh, Philip stayed in hiding for 20 years is that he couldn't come to terms with his own homosexuality. Obviously, that's not necessarily something that people can get away with in, in the real world, but he, there are some 
people, particularly teens, who are so maybe uncomfortable in their own skin that they do contemplate suicide. How do we get to a point where you, you can tell someone as much as you want, it's okay, it's okay, but how do you really impress upon someone that, you know, it is okay? Yeah, and you know what? Uh, what bothers me today is that <laughs> I've heard it's okay, but nobody is out there saying it's good. It's good to be gay. And I have a meeting with GLAD next week, uh, which, which is a, a, a huge gay organization uh, that protects gay rights and TV and stuff. And I want to ask them about that. Why isn't anybody telling kids that it's good to be gay? You know, they, they, they should be proud of that. Sometimes when a guest comes on Soap Central Live, even I don't know what they're going to talk about. So when Victoria Rowell visited Soap Central Live for the first time on May 7th, I thought it would be interesting to ask her if she would ever consider teaming up in daytime with her former Eve's Bayou star, Debbie Morgan, who of course plays Angie Hubbard on All My Children. It turns out that Victoria and Debbie have been planning to work together in daytime for some time now, and they had a plan to do it, but it was a plan that was thwarted by one of the soaps. Check this out. Quickly, as we are moving into uh, our next commercial break, from a selfish standpoint, I, I guess it's my show, I get to have one selfish moment per show. Sure. Uh, I think that it would be fascinating if for some way that all my children could find a way to work out some scenes between you and another favorite of mine, Debbie Morgan. Well, Debbie Morgan and Susan Lucci, but I will just say this. That's something that all my children and I have had a little dialogue about, and certainly Debbie Morgan and I have talked about I tried to get Debbie on Young and the Restless as um, a, a distant relative, and Young and the Restless passed. For what reason, I do not know. It wow. was a silver platter situation, and we were heartbroken. Debbie even wrote a letter, which I delivered to the producer at the time, and um, unanimously, once again, it was turned down. I mean, when I, if I told you the actresses of color that wanted to come onto the Young and the Restless, not forever, but wanted to make a, you know, a, 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 you know, a juicy cameo appearance, you would absolutely fall off your chair. Um, from songstress Nancy Wilson to Michelle Nichols to Daphne Reed, I mean, just... Wow fabulous actresses that wanted to come onto the show, including, and I don't think this is a rumor, Aretha Franklin. And if, 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 if we could just take a step back, you mean to tell me you'll bring on David Hasselhoff hmm. and Sean Young, but not Aretha Franklin? Or not Daphne Reed? Wow. Or not Michelle Nichols? I mean, we're talking about Star Trek Royalty. Are we are we saying are we saying that? So see, you, you see the rub. If there's no one of color at the table who's listening to a voice of reason, um, what you have is madness, and that's what the fans are jumping up and down about. Black, white, or or whatever. It just doesn't make sense anymore. Here on Soap Central Live, we have interviews with some of the biggest names in daytime television, and it's usually a one-on-one -on -one basis to let everybody know a little bit more about their favorite star. But every now and again, we have the opportunity to have two stars on at the same time, and it seems that every time that happens, there are definitely some memorable moments. 
Take a listen to this clip with One Life to Live's Gina Tonioni and former Guiding Light star Bradley Cole as they catch up on Bradley's role on General Hospital. Sort of secondhand watched General Hospital, and fast forward uh, a couple of years here, and you actually were a member of the General Hospital family. Yeah. Yeah, was it, that, uh, that, was, uh, that was so fun. Uh, when I first came out here, they, they called me up and uh, asked me if I would be interested in doing this, uh, this part. Uh, uh, Warren Bauer, who was uh, this real despicable <laughs> uh, lawyer type and uh, who was just a, a very harsh uh, father and anyway, obviously had a screw loose because he sort of just went berserk and started shooting at people on the show <laughs> in general hospital of course in the hospital i'm shooting people no way did you shoot did you actually make contact did you shoot somebody oh yeah i was just went in there and started shooting people yeah wow <laughs> so is it safe to say you're not coming back or did they leave it open-ended oh they they pretty much uh, put a bullet right through my heart so uh, <laughs> i know they say you're never dead in soap opera but uh Maybe I can come back as the you know the the, the good the good brother who wants revenge or something. Oh, but no, I think Warren is pretty pretty well. I mean, you know, when you take a bullet in the heart, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really. Well, yeah, I guess you can reverse anything. Then there was my interview with Bree Williamson and Melissa Archer of One Life to Live. You know, there must be something about these ladies from One Life to Live. They're putting something in the water over there in Landview. These two didn't even let me get the show opened before they started giving me a hard time. And then later in the show, they gave each other a hard time. <laughs> Take a listen to these clips. It sometimes feels like a monumental task to make sure that both this show and SoapCentral.com are the best that they can be. And sometimes I have to wonder if having an evil twin to do my bidding would make it any easier. And actually, now that I think about it, that gives me a really good segue into introducing at least one of my guests. This week, we are privileged to have two talented and award-winning actresses from ABC's One Life to Live. For the better part of a decade, they've played Natalie and Jessica Buchanan, who are sisters, though they haven't always known it. And judging by the things that took place on screen this week, well, it's entirely possible that at least one of the sisters might wish they'd never met the other. Please welcome to the show, Melissa Archer and an Outstanding Supporting Actress nominee at this year's Daytime Emmys, Brie Williamson. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you both for dropping by today. How's everybody doing? Good. I was just wondering if we're twins and we're, you were talking about evil twins, which one would be the evil one, do you think? Yeah. Uh, oh, you're not supposed to put me on the spot this early at <laughs> this show. It's supposed to be the other <laughs> way around. I like to switch things up a little bit. Uh, well, we'll uh, uh, Melissa's been there longer, so she'll be the evil twin today. Uh, okay. Hey! <laughs> I don't have the split personality. Back on the other side of town, uh, Brody is not exactly where I guess we would expect him to be. and that's uh, I guess he isn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so well, he is at his place. <laughs> he's just been my sister. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, she just wanted to say goodbye and get a ride to the airport. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was all innocent. She did, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> and then when she got there, he was drunk and all like, oh, 
sad over Jessica, and she was all sad over John. So, and when you know. I run into people that are sad, I, you know, I buy them a latte or a chocolate bar, or I take them out for a dinner. I, Natalie, Natalie's a really good friend, you know? Like, she's a really <laughs> Yeah, you know how it is. Of and beyond so, for a guy out. <laughs> so, you know, she was sad about not getting her man, and he's sad about not getting his woman, and... So, I don't know, instead of getting a ride to the airport because he was drunk, he, she decided to join him in drinking, and you know what happens after that. No. Drinking. Why you tell us? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was letting you off easy, Melissa. Sorry. Say it. I didn't do it. It wouldn't be. Um, she sleeps with Brody. Oh, my oh, Brody sleeps whichever way you want to look at it. <laughs> oh, the drama. Yeah, yes. it's ridiculous. It's horrible. I know, I know. But, you know, you were off doing something you shouldn't have been doing, too. So there you go. I thought I was 17, okay? I thought I was... <laughs> that interview with Bree and Melissa remains one of my favorite of 2010. There is nothing like having friends come on the show and then having them fight it out live on the air. Well, unless the people fighting it out are a husband and wife. And that was the case when Victoria Platt and Terrell Tilford visited the show on July 23rd. Things were going great. We were talking about food. And then all of a sudden, the topic of capers and Brussels sprouts came up. And the bottom fell out. But things got even crazier when I mentioned farm animals. (laughs) Find out why my interview with Victoria and Terrell is my favorite couples interview of 2010. Yeah, I have to say, Terrell is a really great cook. It was one of the things that uh, he ma- he made a roasted chicken for me one day. Uh, yeah. Before we were really, really dating, he made a roasted chicken for me one day, and I was like, whoa. Okay, point, point for Team Terrell. <laughs> <laughs> See, Dan, you never know exactly what the ingredients are in those meals. Oh, stop. I think, I think we're foodies. Baby, that's a good thing. We, we we really enjoy we really enjoy eating and and, oh, yeah. and having wine and yeah. Yeah, and she eats a lot too, so you can imagine what kind of practice we get. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we love that. <laughs> what is your least favorite food? We'll do both, but since Victoria, you started uh, mouthwatering over there. What's your least favorite food? I don't like anything with capers. I. That's true. And I forget every time or when I throw capers on some salmon or something like that, she'll go, honey, can you eat these off of here? Remember, I don't like capers. And I go, really, you don't? (laughs) Like, I'm, like, so surprised and almost, like, hurt that she doesn't because I love them so much. And I'm like, it's been 10 years, baby. You can't remember that. It's only one thing on the planet that I don't eat so far. (laughs) Capers. (laughs) For me, Brussels sprouts. Ooh. Yeah. Could do without. Could do without. Even as a kid, when I had to eat them, I used to just swallow them whole. <laughs> Real? What? Now Vic, now, Vic, of course, has has tried to serve them to me. She steamed them and lathered them up very nicely with butter, which I think is twice as gross. <laughs> and I go, sweetheart, I, I'm not eating that. And she'll say, come on, just try it. I'm like, why? I know I don't like it. Just try it. So I try it. I make a funny face. I get grossed out. She gets a big laugh out of it. There's the payoff. <laughs> But some things I've cooked that he didn't like, uh, that he said he didn't like before I cooked them, he liked them afterwards, like baby bok choy. He was like, ah, I don't like that. I was like, you haven't had it the way I cook it. 
So I made the baby bok choy for him. Love the baby bok choy. Now he requests the baby bok choy. That's that's true. The name alone still scares me. <laughs> you seem to have a, a, an aversion to vegetables that start with B. No, but she's always like yanking oh, something out of the point. ground. He or does. Some, just yanking something out of the ground or grabbing some herbs or something. Hey, baby, try this. Like, I'm I'm the experiment dude here or whatever. So she's like, here, try this. I'm like, she's like, well, you know, you, you might break out in hives or something, but you'll be fine. <laughs> That's not true. I don't do that. In in L.A., we grew, I grew my own herbs. I was very proud of my garden. Uh, my tomatoes didn't do very well. Okay. And I think my cabbage would have been brilliant. I think my cabbage is probably delicious because the Squirrels ate it before I got a chance to get to it. Oh, but um, but I I I really like the whole living off the land thing. I like the idea of of growing and you know and eating your own produce. Like we we had avocado trees and and yeah. lime trees and lemon trees and orange. I mean, you name it, we had it in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> New York is a different story. <laughs> now, if you had the ability, would you also do the whole own animals and things like that too, or are you strictly just going to say let's stick with vegetables? You mean um, like having a cow roaming around or something? <laughs> you know, cows, chickens, perhaps. Uh, buffalo, not apparently. Because, not because I love animals. Any animal that we have on our property, we can't I, slaughter it. I'm not eating that. That's disgusting. Okay, so I have a very different view about this. And so okay. I've always said to Terrell, you know, when we, when we retire, whatever that means, I want to have a place in Montana. I don't know why Montana. It just seems like it has a lot of space. And I want to Shout out to the people in Montana. Shout out to the people in Montana that are listening right now. Shout out to Montana. Um, And I want to have our own farm where we have our own animals. And I don't think people have enough respect for the food that they eat, especially the live food. I mean, live food in terms of hearts, because technically, yes, plants are also alive. But yeah, I um, I don't want having animals. I don't want to have a slaughterhouse. Okay, I, I I'm not saying. Uh, let's not argue on, uh, on on national radio here. Let, let, let's not let's not break up on national radio. That would blow. <laughs> that would suck. No, but I, but I think that having your own animals and raising them, and then eating them, would give you a different respect for what animals go through and what they sacrifice for us to eat. I think we'd eat meat less, which would be better for us. I mean, health wise, mm-hmm. and um, and. And better for the planet. And see, I, I feel like I would be letting the animals down. Like, I built them up as this great friendship and everything. Then, you know, I come out there one day and it's like, well, Sally, the jig is up. And she's looking at me, her eyes are all bulged. Like, wait a minute, you used to come out here and, like, pet me and, and we talk. Well, I'm going to take a few minutes to let the animals run free. Uh, but while in that time, we'll take a little bit of a break. But we'll be back with more of So Central Live. When you deal with soap operas, there are a lot of names to remember. Not only are there show names and network names, but there are character names, family names, actors' names. And sometimes it's really hard to keep them all straight. I'm pleased to say that, knock wood, I've not yet mixed up the names and called an actor by their character name while they've been on the show. But that doesn't mean that I haven't bungled a name or two during the last 51 weeks. Take a listen to this. Beulah Espinosa Jones. Excuse me. My name is Espinetta. The middle name is Espinetta. Beulah Espinetta Jones. 
That, of course, was actress Victoria Rowell during one of her two appearances on Soap Central Live. That was from an interview back in May when she was on to promote her novel, Secrets of a Soap Opera Diva. She had a little bit of fun and put on the hat of one of the alter egos in the book, Calista Jeffries. And, of course, as you heard, I probably should have paid closer attention to the character's real name. In creating Soap Central Live, I wanted this to be a show that wasn't about me. It's really about the guests who come onto the show, and it's about you, the fans, who tune in every week. But I have learned that, to a certain degree, since I am the host, I guess this show is at least a little bit about me. And in the last 51 weeks, I've had to wear a lot of hats. Probably more hats than I thought I'd have to wear. <laughs> Take a listen to this. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I'll be your guide for the next hour as we journey into the amazing world of soaps. Forget about Lost, with some of the twists and turns that we'll be talking about today. You may want to fasten your seatbelts and keep your hands and legs inside the car at all times. I'm your host and original cast member, Dan Kroll. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and this week I'm giving all of you out there the opportunity to reach out and touch me. Uh, well, figuratively, at least. Happy October, everybody. I'm Dan Kroll, your host for the next hour as we talk about anything and everything soaps. I guess you can think of me as your soap opera Oprah. Just don't expect to get a free car. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I want to assure you that the photo on the Soap Central Live homepage is not some spooky Halloween creature. It's me, uh, even if it does sort of look like a pumpkin. I'm your host and resident Sandman, Dan Kroll. Well, hopefully not the type of Sandman that puts you to sleep, because that's certainly not my goal, but sand, as in sands through the hourglass. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. I'd say that we were going to write off one of our contract players, but since I'm the only one, uh, I think that we'll skip that. Hey, everybody, I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and this is episode number 27 of our hourly, week-long chats, or let's try that again, of our week-long, week-hour-long chats about anything and everything soaps. Take the number of weeks you have in a year, divide that by two, and what do you get? Don't worry, you don't have to dust off your abacus. I'll do the math for you. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and you can think of me as Christopher Columbus, exploring strange, soapy new worlds so that you are kept up to date on anything and everything soaps. I'm your host, Ted Pilgrim, Dan Kroll. Hey, everybody, welcome to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan J. Chandler, Chandler, Merrick Kane, Hughes, Munson, Snyder, Forrester, Forrester, Logan, Forrester, Chandler, Kyriakis, Brady, Brady, Demira, Quartermain, Corinthos, Corinthos, Quartermain, Spencer, Buchanan, 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 Newman, Abbott, Newman, Kroll. <laughs> it's been a busy year. <laughs> In 2010, the soap world lost some of its brightest stars, and I didn't think that a look back at the first year of Soap Central Live would be complete without stopping to take a moment to pay tribute to these stars. There are three stars in particular whose contributions to the daytime genre were immeasurable, and I don't think I'm over-speaking when I say that daytime will never be the same without them. I'd like to share with you some memories, starting with James Mitchell, who played All My Children's Palmer Cortland. My Dobermans. Yes, everybody was scared of them. Well, why not? I had them well-trained. <laughs> yeah, but just like that, then they'd come. Sometimes I yes, thought Father loved those nice. dogs more than he loved me. 
Yeah, he almost set those hounds from hell on me. <laughs> well, he did set them on me. <laughs> I didn't give anything away for nothing. Not for anything, no. It was all for me, finally. Except... Except my dear loved ones. Daisy. Nobody much talks about Daisy and it's hard for me to talk about her, too. But anyway, oh, those other ladies in my life. Loved them all. I think this calls for a toast. To Palmer Cortland. To Palmer. To Palmer. Father. Daisy. Daisy. To Palmer. My name is Helen Wagner, and I play Nancy Hughes. She has the most beautiful smile. She made me feel so at home. She's amazing. She's uh, incredible energy, incredible uh, life source for the show. She was no shrinking violet. And that it's inspiring. Helen, I'm so proud to have worked with you for the past 18 years. You are one of a kind. Hello. I'm Frances Reed, but you know me as Alice Horton. Our very first show seems like only yesterday. A lot has happened since that first day. Good times and bad, and my goodness, everything in between. We'd like to take a moment to thank you. Our loyal and devoted fans who welcome us into their homes. Some of you from the very beginning. From our families to yours. We're so happy you could join us, then and now, and all the days of our lives yet to come. Goodbye, and bless you. And that'll bring us to the end of our special look back at the first year of Soap Central Live. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in this week. I appreciate your support, not only this week, but every other week of the year. I'll be back with a new episode, a live episode, on January 7th, 2011. I hope that you'll be able to join me then. And until then, please have a safe, happy, and blessed New Year. I'm Dan Kroll, signing off on Soap Central Live.